0: Some fight song by rachel
1: platten yo we got to get our fight on is this is this your is this your fight song eric yes
0: it's the kind of song i'll listen to every morning well that's you know awesome. you can't just give away our guests that quick to know who it is but what's up you guys <laughs> this your boy cena azari oh my god and you guys know we got our we got our boy the people's advisor matt franchina what's going on you guys we'll i guarantee you fire. still don't know
1: who's here right that's now true. that's true unless
0: they hit rewind 30 seconds to find out who you just mentioned it's gonna be tough to guess but Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited you guys Uh, we have so much going on uh, not only this week but the opportunity for everyone is abundant uh, including everyone who's listening right now we are living during the greatest time and uh, moments and I cannot wait to share with you our guest but before we uh, introduce this gentleman who's live with us in the studio I want to just touch base with Mr. Matt Franchina, man. I want to congratulate you on your uh, baby girl. Thank you. Eleanor. Thank you. A beautiful daughter. I was blessed to to get a chance to see her one day old. Um, and, you know, shout out to your wife. Such a strong lady, uh, Libby. Kudos to you and the family and your Thanks, son, Byron, mate. man. I'm it's, it for you. Thanks.
1: It's awesome, man. It's, it's really cool having a boy and a girl now. And um, we're very fortunate that Byron is essentially obsessed with her and, like, loves her so much and is, just wants to just none of the negative things that sometimes people talk about the second child causes in the first child like it's been all good like the all like harmony and the family together so it's it's been good and i took the most time off in 10 years uh where i was home any other time i've left i'm always just gone
0: and for those that think when he says he took the most time off he took 72 hours off uh, of nah, like business days maybe, but in those 72 hours, he was still on email and text getting back. So I don't really know if you took any time off, but, I don't know. but thanks. Thanks for giving yourself some credit. <laughs> of rest. And Thanks Libby again for holding it down. Um, speaking about who we got in the studio, uh, I-, I connected with this gentleman through social media, through Instagram. Uh, he is international. And, uh, you know, once we drop his name, you'll know where to find him, but he is a global figure in 2013 this gentleman i don't want to say his name 2013 he spoke for the first time in the million dollar roundtable experience mdrt we're talking about high six figure seven figure earners in the financial industry the most prestigious industry conference attended by over 6,000 financial professionals from all over asia he's received the first standing ovation and his career as a sales strategist also took off he became the guy to talk to if you want to become highly sought after in your market and he's gonna break that down on what it means to be highly sought after today He is a well-known personality in the financial services real estate and the direct marketing industries throughout Asia and kicking off this tour throughout America soon he's spoken in over 20 cities throughout the uh, Asian continent all different countries to more than 50,000 salespeople he's uh, also told that this year he's been invited to speak in uh, Prague and Budapest. He's well known for his book, The Future of Selling. So if you guys are Googling that quick, you'll know who I'm talking about, which details the new rules of selling in a world heavily disrupted by technology. uh, His company was tasked by the Singapore government to develop a national level sales program that ended up preparing over 160,000 salespeople throughout Singapore for the future. But you'll be happy to know that his latest book, *The Future of Selling*, uh, is definitely fire. I'm pumped up to introduce him to you guys, Mr. Eric Fang, aka Eric Goes Global. Welcome to the United States Yo, and to the All mindset Studio, man. man. What's
2: up? What's up? Man? Very nice uh, to be with you guys. I I have actually followed you guys uh, for many months, listening to your podcast. So it's pretty nice uh, to finally be here. Uh, two cool. boys
0: well as you can tell uh you know we are very excited that you're with us today i've been uh, learning from your material watching your material and i'm just excited that social media allowed us the opportunity to connect online to connecting in person and you're sitting you're yeah. si- sitting here in our studio in orange county today Now, how do you feel uh amazing i mean i took 20 hours uh,
2: <laughs> to fly here it's incredible uh, so that's about 8,000 miles to have Chinese food with Santa Isita. Yeah, you're such a good guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> no worries, man. You're awesome. I, think, I love this place. I made a, a little bit of background. This is not my first time in LA. I I studied, uh, I did an exchange in Santa Barbara, UCSB. I studied in UPenn. Um, but it's just that I have not been back in America for more than 10 years. Wow. Um, so to come back here, not just as a tourist, but um, as part of my career That's cool. uh, and to meet like minded people, it's, it's, it's better than a normal holiday.
0: Wow, that's cool. yeah, that's well, awesome. well, well, thanks for answering that, uh, that DM that I sent you. I appreciate that.
2: Oh, of course. Um, is it, isn't it awesome that social media has, has been such a big equalizer? Uh, I always tell people that today, the real power is not in the corner room. It's not about being at a news desk. The biggest power, it's influence. And social media allows you to have that kind of influence. As long as you have an internet connection, you have the possibility to let your voice be heard and it create a huge
0: influence i love it and you and you and you have created a huge influence you have a huge following and we'd love to definitely just dig into that uh, yeah you can see
1: you can see the energy it gives you i mean it's it's contagious i love it like you've spent a little bit of time with the team earlier today and yeah, i thought bits, bits and pieces of what you were talking about and uh, i mean this is i'm about to go into my 10th year in professional sales and i'm listening to some of the things you're talking about i'm like man you've just taken what is such a complex issue for most people, and put it into a really simple
0: form. And so I thank you for that. No,
2: most welcome. I'm glad you like it. (laughs) And the
0: ABCDs that we learned uh, in that session that you went over with us is pretty empowering. A lot of people probably are guessing what it is. And um, I assure you, if you do not go and look up Eric Fang to learn what ABCDs are, you are guessing different acronyms and you want to know what they mean to to maybe we can tease sales. them
2: because you know in, in the old world of selling A B C is always be closing, right? That's right. And and I feel that that, that method mm-hmm. may have worked ten years, twenty years ago, but it's not gonna work right now. That's right. And what's D for most people as a salesperson, after we close the deal we disappear. That was that's D for them. Um but today if you've done A B C D, the new way uh, not only are you going to get sales, but you're going to win the loyalty of your customers. They become your fans. And that's really how you become highly sought after in your market. That's so cool. And I love the term highly
0: sought after. I love that. Yeah, I mean,
1: that's what everybody would want to have, but doesn't know how to articulate. But I, I love one of the things you mentioned that I caught was talking about not being number one because number one is replaceable. Yes, but right? be the only one. But be the only one.
2: Yes. Um, it all started. Um, I mean, maybe a little bit of background, right? So I started as a speech coach, so I was writing speeches for uh, business leaders, and that that kind of catapulted me into the the training world. Um, But back then, when I started, I was about 23 years old, very young, very inexperienced, and um, as much as I tried to do well in the training industry, I had a lot of uh, blockages, a lot of roadblocks because of my age. Um, Funny story, one time I, I spoke at a conference, uh, very small conference probably about 100 people and there were people who were raised their hand and asked me how old are you and then I'll tell them my age and they will say in Mandarin uh, I'll, I'll do a little bit of Mandarin I'll interpret that they say <laughs> which means uh, the amount of salt I eat the guy eat is more than the rice I eat which means that I'm very young and in my head I was thinking if you eat so much salt you're gonna die a kidney failure right? <laughs> uh, but obviously I didn't say that and so Um, When I started, I knew age was an issue for me. Uh, I joined a speaking club and the seniors, the veterans, were telling me that you should um, have white hair or no hair, then you come to our industry. So perhaps it was because of that kind of setup, uh, it gave me that fiery passion to really want to prove myself. Mm -hmm. And it's always been my personal mandate to be highly sought after. And and what is highly sought after is about being well-known, It's about being well respected for your craft, and as a result of that, you're being well paid for your craft. And so I spent the last 10 years figuring out with the help of my mentors, uh, how to be highly sought after, and right now I'm in a new phase of my career where I want to help salespeople who are young in the the business, or who may have not a lot of experience, I want to help them be highly sought after.
1: So are you still participating in some of those original activities? Like, do you still write speeches for business leaders? Are you still in the coaching? Are you I w- still
2: do, actually. Okay. Um, it's it's still my bread and butter, um, partly because I wanna keep in touch with these business leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my clients today, ironically, I have one client who is from Florida, is a very high-ranking business leader. Obviously, I cannot tell who, you are, who they are, um, but I, I, I wanna spend more time with them because sometimes the best way for you to do well in the business is to build intimate relationship with the people that hire you. Mm-hmm. And I feel that the best way for me to understand the business world is to keep hanging out with these business leaders. Because you're the average of the five people you hang out with. Right. Yeah.
1: So now at MDRT, you spoke, right? Congratulations yeah, on that. Yeah, it's an amazing accomplishment. Did you speak as an MDRT top of the table qualifier somebody, or you were hired by MDRT to speak hired, to them?
2: I was hired to speak to them. And again, this is another interesting story which will be very valuable for your listeners. Um, so it's always been my intent that I want to, uh, number one, uh, I wanted to do well in the insurance industry. I'm not a practitioner and that, it's already a minus one for me because uh, I do not know your industry very well. Um, but I think when I first started teaching sales and marketing, uh, someone gave me a very good advice. He said that, don't be a small fish in a big sea. In other words, don't just be a sales trainer and teach Anybody who wants to listen to you because you're being a generalist, you are essentially a small fish, a small fry. Nobody's ever going to pay attention to you. Instead, you need to learn to be a big fish in many small ponds. In -hmm. other words, don't just uh, compete, but to dominate the business, right? Because the riches are always in the niches. So I started Mm -hmm. thinking which are some of the industries that will appreciate the things I teach? And obviously, the financial service industry. Uh, was definitely one of the vertical that I'm very passionate about because I, my dad has been a beneficiary of insurance. And I believe that if you have something really good, then it's your obligation to sell it well. So unfortunately, a lot of Singaporeans back then, they are not well covered. And it's not because insurance is a bad thing, but because the insurance agents are not doing a good job uplifting the industry. So I was very passionate about the industry. Uh, so I spent a tremendous amount of time teaching it. And uh, so a a takeaway for all of you is, instead of trying to serve everyone, go where you're celebrated. Go to a market where you don't just wanna do well because they help you become rich, but you wanna do well because you have a personal mission, you wanna help that specific group of people. It could be divorced women, it could be young millennials, it could be business owners, but start finding those people and fall in love with them because there's no way you can do the things you do if you don't fall in love with your customers. And there's no way you can fall in love with everyone So you need to really start thinking, who do I want to serve? Who do I want to help? And the best way to answer that question is ask yourself, who do you naturally feel connected to? And one day when you are well-to-do, you have all the money in the world, you still want to help them. Now that's your true fan. Go serve them now. So that was the very first thing that came into my mind, finding the right people to serve. So every day today, when I wake up, I think about my fans, I think about how I can help them become million dollar round table so doing my job was easy because I'm thinking about them all the time. Now then the second question is after finding your fan base is I started asking myself what was the top event in your insurance industry and someone told me that it's million dollar round it table. It is. Yeah. So I, I I started setting an intent. Um, in life it's all about intent. Most of us don't get what we want because we, we're not clear about what we want. I always believe that everything is created twice. Once in your mind then the second time in reality. So.
0: Man, this guy's got fire. (laughs) I know, right? Back to back back to back I can't even keep up with these
2: quotes. (laughs) So I wrote it down. I said, I want to speak at MDRT. I love it. And that was my intent. I love it. Then one day in 2012, uh, I spoke in Malaysia for a conference. I won't tell you which company. There's a reason why. 6,000 people and halfway through my speech, they started standing up with big banners and started making a lot of noise. So I was like, wow, they're my fans, you know, like my groupies. So I said, thank you very much, you know, it was bright light, I couldn't see them very well. I said, thank you, you can take a sit, but they refused to sit down. And that was when I realized it was not my fans, they were actually doing a riot. It was a riot. What was it for? Not not uh, for you. Though. Not for me, it was the CEO. So wow. somehow there was a miscommunication. So they thought the CEO was coming on stage and it started uh, 1,000 people started making a lot of sound and noise. And I was just there, you know, like a deer caught in the headlights, uh, not sure what to do. You're like,
1: this is what it feels like, right? <laughs> You're like, yes, you thought they there cheering for you. I thought you. they were
2: my fans, but <laughs> they were not. I had a recording. So um, I was stunned for a while. And then the next thing you did was, the, the best way sometimes to deal with awkward situations is through humour. Yeah, always. So yeah. I, I I started saying that, oh, for a moment there you guys make me so happy because I thought you were my fans. That's and funny. then everybody laughed. And then I said to the 5,000, I said, to those of you who are still sitting down, do you still want to hear me speak? And they go, yes! Which was louder than the 1,000. Wow, and then I continued. good move. I That's know awesome. That. Taking yeah. control of the crowd. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it, for that moment I was really afraid um and then because in singapore we have never had a riot so i've never seen a riot before and i have one now um at the end of the my my presentation i I mentioned a point i said that it's all about care and for some reason you are standing up protesting i believe you have a right reason to do that but i hope that you know you find a way to do it in a way that will get you what you want right that's why influence is so important so i kind of tied it back so the ceo was very impressed um so I, i i became uh, one of their speech coaches to their top leaders wow. but there was a speaker who spoke there that was part of the mdrt committee that i did not know about mm. and he was the one that referred me that's cool. um and that's i'm sharing this story with all of you because i want to let you know something that just because you are not at the top level doesn't mean you will not get there you got to start looking for people who can help you and i always believe that uh, you've got to be so good at what you do that the world cannot ignore you because you never know who is going to be in your audience Listening to you, so it doesn't matter if you are only serving a, a person who may not afford you, but still do your best to help the person because you never know who he or she is connected to. So, um, so that kind of led so me cool. to the MDRT, and then when that happened, um, next thing you know, I Asia opened up. Oh, I'm sure later. the world's
0: gonna open. I mean, and, the world has opened because up because I'm here
2: now with you guys. Yeah, uh, I mean, thanks to you. To,
0: that's that. And <laughs> congratulations on that. So, you know, I want I want to go back to before you became this. Uh, speaking professional that's recognized internationally. Um, where did this come from? That you said you know what? When did you know I want to be a professional speaker and impact wow. lives? Uh, it's definitely
2: not a profession. Um, I never thought about it. Uh, if you think about it, during the I'm born in 1982. Very right? well, I think we're all 80s babies, right? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not, not me, but all <laughs> blend in there. Se- 79, 79. <laughs> so. There was no such thing as professional speaker. My, my dad was a taxi driver. Um, my grandfather was a trishaw rider. Do you know trishaw rider? So show? they pulled a cut. Okay. Right. And my, uh, my great, my great grandfather was a rickshaw puller, so they also wow. pull carts. So since young, I always thought that maybe my destiny is in transportation. <laughs> um, my dad would always ask me, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'll tell him, Dad, I want to be like you, taxi driver. And he would be so disappointed. He would <laughs> knock me on the head every day. He'd say, son, you got to think bigger. You got to think bigger. One day, I came to him. I said, Dad, I know what I want to be. He'd say what? I'll be a bus driver. <laughs> <You> know, big, <laughs> big right? dreams, right? So I, I'm not your that typical ambitious kind of guy. I was happy being a uh, bus driver. But something happened when I was in second grade. So I was seven years old, I was a small kid. I get bullied a lot in school. I think most people have the same story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember Miss Yang, my teacher, she came. She put me aside and she said to me, I do not know what's happening in class. All I just want to tell you is, I really see a lot of potential in you and I want you to study hard. Don't care what your friends say about you, Miss Young believe in you. And, uh, wow, I mean, it it was stayed just stayed with you since since second I'm grade. I'm in touch with my teacher. That's amazing. Wow. Um, that was when I was seven years old, so that was thirty years ago. Wow. Um, but somehow, for whatever that she said, it impacted me because uh, someone believed in me, and I think she was the one that planted the seed uh, of teaching. Wow. That words what can a uplift great story. people. Yeah. That's cool. And uh, because of her, I became the first in class, and and uh, made her very proud. Um, and from that onwards, I think I've always wanted to be a teacher, um, but somehow that when I decided that I want to be a teacher, she was the one who said, Eric, don't be a teacher. She said, knowing your personality, you will not do well in that kind of formal education, go do something else with it, but you know, for some reason, I'm back here um, as a speech coach first, but then the next thing you know, when the world opens up, um, I had the chance to speak, and that's how I got here.
0: That's phenomenal. Yeah.
1: It's amazing to see how Like one life event can then spin off to be your mantra or what drives you for years to come. And I think there's a lot of people out there who have something that happened, sometimes positive, sometimes unfortunately negative, right? And they can't even identify it. You like know the moment and the time and um, that's pretty cool, pretty cool that you have that.
2: I guess um, I have good mentors uh, who help me reflect a lot. I always feel that um, we, you know, in life it's not about experience, because you can have the same experience and not learn the lesson. Um, our breakthroughs doesn't come from experience. Our breakthroughs come from the reflection of the experiences, which I feel that people are not doing a lot of. So, but if you really take time to think about uh, the lessons that you learn, you actually it's like a game, right? The minute you learn a lesson, you move on to the next level. Mm-hmm. But the problem with us is we don't learn the lesson, so we keep making the same mistakes. So uh, I don't take any credit for that. It's just somebody kind of shine a light and helped me realize all these things. Right. Yeah.
1: You mentioned mentors a few times, right? Yes. So how do, you, how do you pick a mentor? And then how do you know when maybe someone's no longer a mentor? Like you've outgrown wow, what, how they question. could mentor? That was a
2: great question. Uh, I have no concept of mentor. I think back then when I was, in, when I was studying, mentors are basically my teachers, right? But I remember when I was in first year of university, I joined a freshman orientation camp, and a senior came to me and said, hey, you know what, you have a lot of potential. I wanna groom you. I was like, okay, I'm (laughs) I'm happy to be groomed. He was the one who told me that I need to work on my people skills and my communication skills, because you can be the smartest person at at work, but if your boss doesn't like you, you're not gonna get promoted. So he was the one that groomed me to be a student leader in my university, and uh, he was my very first mentor. Uh, but it was because of him I had a lot of um, um, legway. I, I, got, I got a scholarship. I got access to events. I get a lot of favor, preferential treatment. So that was when I realized, oh, in life there are shortcuts. Your shortcuts are your mentors. They teach you things or they introduce people to you they help you get somewhere. So ever since that particular event, I started hanging out with people who are better than me. Now, I used to hang out with people who are the same age as me, right? But uh, I, that's why I say you're the average of the five people you hang out with. Um, So if today you want to be a multi-millionaire, but the friends that you're with are poor as a church mouse, then you're not going to be rich. So you need to write down who you want to be and start asking yourself, who who are like that? Back then, we have no social media. So the only way you can get access to them is to visit them or or go for a live event. Mm -hmm. But today, you look for them on Instagram, you consume their content, you send them a DM, and who knows? They may come to you. So I feel that the best way to look for mentors is to first of all ask yourself, who do you want to be? And find people who are that, and start ha- hanging out with them, and st- and don't ever tell them. Can you be my mentor? It's like going to a girl and say that. Can you be my wife? It's a lot of commitment. Mm-hmm. So the best way to establish mentor mentorship relationship is to consume whatever they have, and ask them questions. So for example, if I meet Matt and I want to learn from you, I ask you a question, you give me an answer, I go implement that, and I come back to you to thank you, because most people, they love. Asking questions, they love learning, but they never implement the things that they learn. So um, it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So if you if you have a person you want to learn from, ask them questions, implement, tell them how you implemented, tell them you got results. You actually encourage the person as well, and then ask them the next question. By the time you are the third or fourth question, the guy is going to ask you all and so, find out more about you so uh, eric
0: i want to ask you a couple of things one is um you are a mentor to many people some that you know you are and many that you don't know that you're a mentor to um how do you juggle that with you know your own professional career at the same time you seem to be selfless to where you want to help everybody oh I mean, h- no, how do, you do uh, that?
2: i i don't think i'm selfless <laughs> uh, i'm not to the extent i think where i come from is uh, my value is in learning i believe that the best In fact, in relationship, I feel that the best way to honor your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your your future partner is to be the best version of yourself. Because when you're at your best, that's when you can bless somebody. So where I come from, my first thought is always about how can I be better? And I share my process with everybody else. So you know, today, as much as I'm teaching people how to be highly sought after, I'm actually working on it myself. I'm the number one student. So I'm just documenting my journey and I share that with everybody else. So it, it doesn't feel like uh, like work for me, yeah. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> the more you teach, the better you get.
2: Yeah, sometimes the best way to, to learn or to lock down the learning is to teach somebody
1: else. Yeah, absolutely. I have like this philosophy, I don't know if I have it as uh, well packaged as you have your stuff, but basically the more that we could, if, if you are number one, the, the best way to continue to elevate is to teach other people yep. how to replace you and then see if you're good enough to still maintain number one, even though you've taught them how to do it. Then yeah. everything, the whole bar lifts.
2: It, it's like, you if you want to fill up your cup, you need to first empty your cup. So you you can you collect all the information, you learn it, but you mm-hmm. empty it by giving it to somebody else so that you can learn more. And that's maybe that's so how, cool. we, how we grow. Did you just come up with that? Yeah, <laughs> because I was drinking water <laughs> and then kind of, kind of fit in what Matt was saying. That's awesome. That's
0: awesome, You have so many like <laughs> on point, yeah. just,
1: like your, your mind, you could just sit there and write like social media plugs for days.
0: <laughs> yeah, tweets. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, all these yeah, one-line tweet. yeah, tweets. should sure <laughs> have a Twitter account. Yeah. So, so Eric, where, where yes. can they find you out there on Instagram and Facebook? Okay, um, Instagram is my personal reality
2: show. So um, if you're somebody that would love to, if you're interested to know my day-to-day, uh, you're interested to learn what I'm learning, then Instagram is the best way uh, to follow me. So I'm on, uh, my handle is Eric Goes Global. right? So that's, that's if you want to learn what I'm learning. Um, but I actually have, do I do have a formal platform where I create uh, content every Tuesday where I teach people how to be highly sought after. So if they want to get access to the sales marketing content, Facebook will be a better platform. Um, so all you need to do is just go www.facebook.com slash up close with Eric. Up close with Eric. Yes, correct. And you're also on LinkedIn. Uh, yes, LinkedIn as well. I, I don't use LinkedIn as much as I use Facebook for a very obvious reason, because um, I'm in a financial service industry, right? The real bosses are actually the financial uh, planners and insurance agents. So I, I noticed decision makers will actually ask the insurance agents, who would you want to listen to? Mm. So uh, see, that's the thing. So I'm very afraid sometimes when people um, follow the craze without knowing why they're following it. So everybody's talking about social media, social media. It is true, social media is the new media, but not everybody needs to be on it. And, and even if you're on it, you need to be. You need to have a very clear idea, which platform is it? Is it Facebook, is it Instagram, is it uh, LinkedIn? Therefore, the, the most fundamental question you need to ask yourself is who are you serving? Because once you know who you're serving, then the next question is where are they hanging out? then you'll know is it Facebook is it Instagram is it LinkedIn or maybe none because your, your, your customers are not there wow. yeah.
0: so being being as polished as you are um, delivering very valuable material helping any sales or really, really just a professional to become better at what they do how often do do CEOs and executive level individuals try to recruit you to work with their firm does that happen often <laughs> um,
2: there, there were people who come to me and say, like, oh, you know what, you, if you are a financial advisor, you will do very well. And I say "I back to defer, because I'm really bad with money. <laughs> I'm really bad with math, and uh, I prefer to have somebody managing my money. Um, but I'll, I'll thank them. I'll thank them for... Does that happen thinking. often, though? Yeah, it does.
0: It's a compliment, right? Yeah.
2: I, I would see it as a compliment. Yeah. And, uh,
0: yeah. yeah, well, you have a very contagious, uh, high-energy personality. And uh, I, I love the fire. I love, I love, I love the passion. Those they that, that can't see him. He's wearing a <laughs> custom fitted blazer. With uh, our fashionista Matt can probably describe it better for our listeners. Oh yeah, like, I like okay, so he knows. But, yeah. but is that is it? You got a, the window pane. What is that, it seersucker? that? seersucker sucker. Window pane sucker <laughs> blazer. Linen linen, linen. blazer fire. with some fire
1: with a little pocket square but and it's a like lapel a flower,
0: But it's in a hot chick. He's, he's, yeah, and then he's got the new cool. modern type uh, lapel pins, uh, with the flower and a button in you the middle. You know
2: what? I got this in Taipei. So oh, really? when you go to Taiwan, wow. I will give you the specific address. You can get something for. Oh, something. I'm
0: gonna take a picture and show them that I'm with you when yeah. I go oh, oh, there. They'll, yeah. They'll know you. <laughs> so I was gonna ask you, where sure. do you get your motivation from? I mean, you know, how are you so fired up all the time? Um, okay, first of all, my faith because
2: I'm a I'm a Christian. And so the very first thing I do early in the morning is to, to go to the Bible or the online Bible and mm-hmm. just pick a verse. And it, really, it doesn't matter what faith you have, but I think it's very important that you find a source of motivation. Uh, so for me, it's knowing that I have somebody who is all-powerful, almighty, who actually loves me and who protects me like a father. And when you know you're so loved, it gives you a lot of strength. And I think that was my very first uh, source of motivation. Wow. Yeah, and then obviously I I curate the people I hang out with because I really believe that uh, the environment changes a person. So I, I, I follow people that I want to learn from. So everything on my Facebook is, high, is so positive. On podcasts, it's positive. Like yesterday morning, I was listening to you guys. Thank you. Uh, yes. All Thank mindset. You. So Thank you. I think I, I intentionally surround myself with people full of positive vibes. And, and that kind of uh, uplift me and it doesn't mean that i don't have problems i, I think we had a, co- a chat over lunch that um, the bigger your dreams the bigger your test mm-hmm. uh, the bigger the obstacles and i see it as a game uh, the reason is because without these big obstacles um, you will not know you will not be able to unleash your potential um, so i realized that if i look back a lot of the challenges i faced led me to be a lot stronger and now i'm facing bigger giants so I think it's that's small. amazing
1: I love that you said that you surround yourself and you curate the people that you hang out with right? yes just not maybe two three days ago I saw somebody put a post online and they said basically it was a complaint and then a goodbye and they were saying that I can't take this anymore social media has just become this rant of Um, politics and Mm. people bashing each other and bad news and this and that so i'm out of here see you guys later so i don't know if the person actually got my comment because they may or may not have ever checked it again but i simply replied and i said it's not the platform it's the people you're choosing to follow like
0: was that that a female by the way you're referring to um i think i said there was a, a gal in the network that she's like she's this she said i'm off this i'm done
1: no it was okay. a it was a guy on twitter okay. i didn't even really know okay, him it was no, someone no. that i don't know very well okay. that i just happened to come up in the feed i think he actually i followed him because he commented on someone else well, whatever but I, I replied and i just said it's not the platform it's the well people seen. that you're deciding to follow yes. on there i'm on there and i never see or very rarely crazy yeah. political rants or this because well, yeah. i'm not that into that well, so i don't follow that yeah. yeah and people need to you're in control actually yeah you are in control oh. and i think people go and and they forget that they are in control, and that it's their own media outlet and inlet. Yeah. And it's
0: it's just you have way more control over it. And I love that you brought totally that up. Totally. Yeah. So, Thanks Eric, for I want to. By the way, congratulations for being a keynote speaker at uh, Disruptive Innovation. Oh yes! Uh, Thank very you so excited. much you're for inviting you're, me. You're part of kicking off the first uh, epi- first conference of the Disrupt Tour, which is going to be traveling. We plan on actually having a tour. Visit in uh, Canada and then on to Singapore. Wow. We've gotten a lot of requests from your fans in Singapore if this event is going to be uh, s- is going to be replicated or, we'll or brought happen. out there, yeah. and we're excited. But I want to ask you, what does disruption mean to you? Do you, do you hear that term often in Asia? Oh, it's, it's, I, I it's think used it's all the time here. Is it, <laughs> it, it okay. is it used a lot? Yeah, oh, this year it's been everything's about some form of disruption. It Applies to almost everything. What does it mean to you? Well,
2: I I feel that disruption is like a change of season. Right, so you can say that um, spring disrupted winter. So you can't fight disruption. It's just a, it's, it's seasonal. Um, the question is, when the waves are coming, are you a samban? I mean, it's a little small boat, or are you a ship? Because when the wave goes write up... That, write that down. Yeah, because when the wave goes up, whether you're a small boat or a big boat, you go up too. But the problem is, when the wave goes down, it's the big, the big boats that stays safe. So um, oh. I feel that disruption is always there. It's just whether are you prepared for it. And are you, are you surviving or are you thriving? So uh, today, the new disruption, well, there are many things that are disrupting our industry. But I would say that, that one of the big ones is social media, right? Um, but then again, if you think about it, social media is simply um, newspaper uh, is simply the television in the radio era a new media social media was the radio in the print era so I'll just say that social media is the the new medium the new era but most people today are not adapting fast enough they don't get that customers today are on social media and they are not just on social media to build relationship but they're on social media to consume information so if people are the buying behaviors have changed then, as a salesperson, we need to adapt to those buying behaviors. That's the reason why I say a lot that we should not focus on how to sell; we should be focusing on how people buy. And if and if we understand how people buy, then we align our selling strategies accordingly. Cool. So, I, you're either disrupting somebody else, or you're being disrupted. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <Disrupted laughs> being I, yeah. Exactly. Of so I would say that um, I think the reason why people are dying from disruption or they are fearful of disruption is because they're resistant to change or because they're not aware that things are changing and they're not adapting fast enough. Wow. Yeah. So great, many people look
1: up. at the other industry, right? And they say, well, if I sold clothes, I could do it. The person selling clothes is like, if I sold cars, I could do it. The person selling car, if I did it, everyone <laughs> looks at some other industry and thinks it's easier to do. They're all a challenge and they all take work and they yeah. all the same way that if you wanted to print a newspaper ad 20 years ago, it would have taken work to figure out how to make a newspaper ad and how to go get it published and put it in money. And so the fact that most of it's like free or right. pennies on the dollar right now to test it and get it wrong is like, yeah, i read this book. This guy's talking about advertising in newspapers back then. They dropped twenty, thirty, forty thousand $40,000 for an ad to go on mm. a Sunday, like wow. one time, right. you know, like what if it doesn't work? It's a lot of money to test a campaign that didn't work.
2: Yeah, I th- I think fundamentally there there is a, a human flaw, and I say it about myself as well. I feel that uh, human beings we crave stability and we do not we are very resistant to change, and and it's because of that fundamental resistance to change, that is causing us to fight the new trends. Because if you think about it, uh, cryptocurrency is a, is another one, right? Uh, people are resisting it. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be right smack in the middle of it because a lot of my corporate clients are in the in that business they're launching coins and i'm working on their powerpoint slides and i i feel that you know like years ago i think 2002 or was it 2012 i can't remember where bitcoin came Mm -hmm. about and people are resisting it but today if you have bitcoin you would have made a lot of money yeah Yeah, so i would say that it's the same with social media uh to you it may be something new but you know give it give or take another decade social media is going to be normal but most people are just resistant to that change. They prefer to be the mass market. So sure, you can be the mass market and adopt that technology later, but then you will also make the same amount of money as everybody else. So uh, it depends on how much money you this want to This
0: is make. why he is known for doubling your sales. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so your most recent publication, your most recent book, um, yes. it's not Double Your Sales. No, so
2: Double Your Sales um, is actually an ebook that I created. Uh, for my following how,
0: how, how could our listeners Maybe get a copy of that ebook?
2: Oh yes um, All you Where need to do Is go? just go to wwwdoubleyoursalesin 2018com Double your sales uh, With an S In 2018 2018.com uh, Essentially uh, Eight of my best ideas uh, I actually wrote a book As a Christmas present For all my followers oh, So uh, I wrote it Last year Christmas Because I wanted to give them A heads up on what they can do this year so that they can get the double of their sales by June. That's cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I guess you guys would, I, I, I don't guess, but I think you will love the ideas. It's all practical ideas. And you're
0: generous to bring us a book. Uh, it's not with me in the studio. Can you share with us the title and the, and the meaning behind that book? Sure. Uh,
2: so that was a, a book I wrote last year as well. Uh, Is it's this called, your most recent? It's edition? my most f- recent book, the fifth one. Uh, it's called The Future of Selling. And this book came, a, came about because um, I was very frustrated with how salespeople are selling. They are still selling in the old way, the always be closing way. So this whole book has two parts. Um, The first part was identifying the seven selling uh, practices that are outdated. So I was commenting on what they were, why they were outdated. The second part of the book was to introduce the new rules of selling. What are the new ways you can sell so that you can get more leads, more appointment, more closing, more referrals? So that was the book. And uh, because I love design, so I decided to visually uh, put across my points because most of my followers don't like to read. Um, So they (laughs) have very short attention span. So what I did is I I created infographics instead to demonstrate, to communicate those points.
1: It's awesome. It's like a a coffee table. It was meant for that, yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's all full colored and uh, I'm a Marvel fan. So you'll see, uh, actually I, I love comics, so you'll see a lot of uh, comics references, uh, lots of beautiful pictures and visuals, uh, just so that I can uh, encourage people to read a book. That's cool. Yeah.
1: It's awesome. You did a flawless job. Thank you. I haven't read it all yet, but I've thumbed through it, and it's a great piece.
2: Thank you so much
1: so what are you most excited about to do while you're here in southern california in your 48 hours
0: <gasps> i can't wait to learn <laughs> from the
2: other so th- there are 12 speakers i think uh, on friday right
0: uh we have about eight 18 total uh, 18 not including in total? myself but uh there is uh four or four i believe i believe four five keynotes five keynotes, five five keynotes, keynotes. and then the rest are panelists correct so um, i'm excited to learn from them in fact that was
2: that's the very reason why i'm here uh, i know i'm here because you invited me to speak Oh, yeah, but, we are excited. Uh, I, I'm excited to learn from them. Uh, you know, just want to say something that a lot of things that you guys are doing here in US, uh, perhaps to you it's the norm. Right. But he, back in Asia, it's still new. So uh, that's the
0: first, because normally we end up uh, inheriting the, the trails from Asia. Really? I mean, technology everything i mean color cell phones all that was out there years before it ever came out here my friends had them i that guess in terms Asian. of maybe
2: the sales practices yeah yeah so uh, uh, like you see i'm
0: amazed i was in sina's office and
2: everybody in sina's office is, is active on social media they're documenting right. uh, but i don't yeah and i, I pause i didn't
0: want it to be rude for yeah. the for those on the phones during your speak i don't know if you're no no if, no, no. Uh, we, 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 we've that made thing, yeah. that almost like mandatory that if you come to meetings have your phones out because we both, Matt and myself, we grew up in the business in an era to where your phones had to be shut down, silent, put away. It was disturbance. Now we see it as value adding to the meeting. So, Fantastic. So instead of, you know, seven, eight of us experiencing your, your piece today, hopefully thousands got segments and glimpses of what Amazing. you shared with us. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and thank then, you for that.
2: So that's actually very new in Asia. That's so cool. um, um, I'm excited because I want to learn. And I want to document my journey, my learning. And then I want to share that with the, my followers. That's
0: cool. Yeah. So
1: I think that a lot of people have a desire to want to invest in themselves. But they're often unsure whether it's going to pay off or not. Or, and they don't always make that commitment. And then later on, they think about it. So if you were sitting with the person, talking to them directly, and they were asking you, Eric, I'm on the fence. The event's coming up in just a couple of days. I haven't got my ticket yet. Why do you think I should go? What would you tell
2: Well, I'll I'll tell them this, that the... I'll first of all ask them a question. Are you happy with where you are right now? It's as simple as that. Are you happy with status quo? And if the answer is yes, then I will stop the conversation because then there's no need for you to come for the event. But if you're not happy, um, either because you're not where you want to be or you're not happy because you want to get somewhere further, but you're not, then obviously the the answer is this. You can't get to where you want to go on your own. Because if you can, then you would have already been there. Ooh, write that down too. <laughs> Damn. Damn. So fundamentally, <laughs> just by you wow. going to an event and learned, just by hanging out with people who are there, without you paying attention, just by that, you have already opened yourself up to that potential. Wow. Um, and so I, w- I would say that maybe that's the reason why there w- there are so few people who are successful because um, these people are the only one that are so open to learning. And you'd be very surprised. I've worked with CEOs from, from very smart CEOs, but they are so open to learning. And and, and a very big asset test is, is this. The day where you stop learning is the day where you stop growing. And when you stop growing, you're actually declining. You know why? Because the, the world is still growing. So think about it. If the world is moving forward, but you decided to stop, you're actually moving backwards. backwards yeah. yeah. So I w- I I'll tell them that. I say that if you're not Great happy point. where you are, then you need to be at that event to, ge- to get some motivated. Uh, to get the energy, and then after that, work on the strategies. But I, I do want to speak to the people who are also there, that just because you come to an event, you're only 50%, you're just halfway, because you got all those ideas. Mm-hmm. But ideas are just ideas. Knowledge is, people always say knowledge is power. I believe that knowledge is just potential power. Execution is the real power. Mm-hmm. So even if you learn all the things that you've learned, but if you don't put them into practice, then it's a, it's a PD as well.
0: So yeah. Eric, what does the next five-year vision look like for the Fang Enterprise? Uh, oh, I mean, you know, how far out in the future are you are you planning for yourself right Eric now? Eric goes global. So <laughs> I I have two goals.
2: Um, number one is for me to be able to uh, share my knowledge and my insights to the world. And if I have to do it digitally, I will want to do that. So that's one. Um, the second one is I want to be able to build. I want to build a community of uh, salespeople who are highly sought after. I want them to be celebrities in their own markets, and uh, um, that will be five year or uh, hopefully lesser. And uh, I want I want I want them to be successful, become million dollar roundtable, to be so successful. And, and when you ask them why, I want them to be able to say that one of the reasons why is because uh, they have interacted with me and they learned from me. So that would be That's my five lovely. year goal.
0: So outside of Singapore and the U.S., what is your most uh, favorite memory or place that you've uh, spoke or, or given a keynote at? Well, definitely it would be Malaysia because I had a
2: riot, right? That's right. <laughs> that's that, was, right. that was memorable for me. Um, oh, man, that's a tough question. Uh, which would be, a? I cannot say U.S., right? Because uh, that's Friday. Or, or,
0: or, or how about this? That's, that's a little tough. Where have you not yet spoke that you want to get a chance to experience? Uh. What country? Hmm. How far are you willing to go? Oh, well, I mean, (laughs) where there's oxygen, I'll be there, man. I mean, I would go to
2: Mars if there's there's a listening audience. Tesla. Yeah, Yeah, thanks. Elon Musk, he might take you there. (laughs) Actually, for me, um, country, I find it difficult to answer that question because I I didn't think country. I know it says Eric Mm -hmm. goes global. I just want to go to people who want to learn. And if they are in Timbuktu I'll be at timbuktu yep. So it's not just about going to a fancy food country, but I'm looking for people who are not, not succeeding yet, but they want to, they just need help. I want to be there to help them.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Amazing. I, it. I mean, it's over and over again. Everyone we talk to who's moving towards any, any closer to where they want to get, it's all about serving. It's all about giving. It's all about how you can empower others and help other people. And um, I love the way you put it multiple times. Um, It it's just, I'm so fortunate to be on this side and get the chance to meet with you and the other people that we've met with and everyone that's coming out to the conference on Friday. Um, I don't know, I get this like feeling, I don't know how to put it all into words, but it's just,
2: I can put it in uh, a few words because I learned it from someone to make a million first affect a million. To make wow. a million, first affect the million. Um, and, and, and I have a game that I'll play at your event. So if you guys have not signed up for tickets, you need to be there because I have an experiential activity that will open you up. So you have, you're not a millionaire yet. You will be a millionaire after you experience the activity wow. because I wanted you to know that the amount of money you make is the market's feedback of your value. The amount of money you make is the market's feedback of your value. So if you're not making the money that you want, it's because the market do not believe that you're delivering enough value. Mm. It all starts from there.
0: Wow. That's how we play now the I game. Yeah. So you you are now, uh, how many years into your speaking business? Uh, uh, eight right. years. So I eight years you've been an um, entrepreneur, yes. building, building your brand, yes. influencing hundreds of thousands of people. Um, what would be some words of wisdom to that want to be entrepreneur or to the individual who wants to execute maybe their dreams and follow the passion of building their ideal career that that's for them but they're too scared or haven't yet made that that jump or crossed that line what 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 would you tell those individuals wow so so
2: the biggest problem is because of fear
0: right? is that i mean is it, what, what, what in, in your opinion and experience what's the number one reason why people don't end up executing
2: I think, first of all, there will be a few groups of people we can speak to. So, we'll speak to the millennials first, right? Who wants to be an entrepreneur because they kind of like And many of them
0: call themselves entrepreneurs, but they're yeah. not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right?
2: <laughs> they're probably just self-employed. Um, <laughs> or also, unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell them, first of all, if you want to be an entrepreneur, find a problem that you're passionate to solve. All entrepreneurs are out there solving problems. If you're, if you're there to just make money, then I suggest you find a job, right? Um, because, really, entrepreneurs, it's not an easy job. Uh, the, the more the bigger your dream the bigger your obstacle and generally if you look at our problems Jack Ma let's, take, let's talk about Jack Ma right Jack Ma is um, multi-millionaire maybe even a billionaire um, but he, he started his enterprise with just one question how can he help his Chinese businessman do business with the world Mark Zuckerberg how to get the goals <laughs> that was how he started it That's and right. then after that how do I share that with the rest of the world um, you guys have Uber here in Asia, we have Grab, and this guy—the only central question he think about is, you know, how do I make transportation affordable for people?
0: Is that the icon with the elephant? Uh, ah, yes, correct. Oh wait, wait that one's Evernote. Okay, yeah, Evernote, was... yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, and then Tony Fernandez, uh, he he's the CEO of uh, Air Asia, oh. right? Um, he's, he just took a picture with Obama. And his only question was, how do I make flying affordable? You see, all these people never start with, how do I be a millionaire? You're asking the wrong question. Is, you want to be a millionaire? Then go find a million dollar worth problem to solve. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who want to be an entrepreneur, that's, that's the central question. Now then the second step is fear. Fear usually comes because you're afraid of failure, right? So I'll say, you no, know, take small steps. And that small step could. So ask yourself, what's the smallest step that you can take that you're willing to take? And if that smallest step is to go learn from other entrepreneurs first, then go do that first. Or your smallest step is go pick up a skill, then go do that first. As long as you take action, because the minute you start taking your first action, you set your destiny in motion. And it's like a domino effect. So yes, the end goal is you want to be a successful entrepreneur. What's that smallest step that you can take today that will lead you to that path? That's good enough. You don't have to start a business right now. A lot of people have
1: have problems uh, seriously right a lot of people have problems trying to figure out how they're gonna fill a segment to speak your problems got to be how you're going to take what you have in your mind and narrow it down to oh yeah the
2: 45 minutes i saw i have time slot of 45 minutes i'm um, decide tomorrow uh, i'm going back to the drawing block and see how i can t- concise it
0: you know i'm, I'm excited eric uh, one you it is no accident that you were selected to close out um the kickoff of uh, disruptive innovation and I know that you are not only going to bring the fire like you have today, but you're going to have a lot of people that are that are going to want more. So, um, you know, the, the, I'm looking forward to, to seeing you lay it out on Friday. I'm excited. I thank you again for making the trip out to the United States. Most welcome. To with Thanks us for hosting me. All the value provided um, and to join us at Hotel Pasea, I do want to thank uh, and credit Mutual of Omaha Advisors as well as Excel Testing uh, for their support in uh, this uh, amazing conference that's taking place on Friday, June 1st. Mr. Eric Fang, the people's advisor, Matthew Franchina. Thank you so much. Absolutely, I got nothing to say. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) again, I've I've been trying to take notes and listen to it this time, which has been pretty difficult, my friend. But the fight song coming from uh, Rachel Platten. I can't wait to hear what your next song is because I don't know if you're fighting anyone (laughs) with all the energy you gave us today, my friend. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you Mr. Eric Fang. Find him out there, Eric Goes Global on Instagram and uh, up close with Eric on Facebook, you guys. Thank, Thank you, you guys. so much. Bye-bye. You. See you all soon.